Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello. Happy Saturday out there to you guys in Off the Shelf Radio Land. Welcome to Off the Shelf. But it's Saturday, March the 28th. This is our last Saturday in March. We are almost finished with the first quarter of the year. It is just blown by. It seems like February was just here. And now we're heading for April already. I hope you guys are getting ready for your taxes, especially those of you who are solopreneurs and entrepreneurs and small business owners, whether you're self-published or you publish uh, own a pu- book publishing company and you publish other people's works, but getting all your receipts together so you can file your Schedule C's ready for April the 15th. But anyway, and it's right around the corner. Yeah, it's right around the corner. But I want to thank you guys for joining us here this morning. It is sunny here in Philadelphia. Temperature is supposed to be lower today. We could get a few snow flurries, believe it or not. But it's been it's been cloudy this week, so it's nice to see the sun streaming through the window. And even nicer is having you here with us on Off the Shelf. I just love, love, love connecting with you guys and having you here on on off the shelf. We had a wonderful, wonderful show last week and, and expecting another great show this week. I'm waiting for our guest to dial in her publicist who scheduled the uh the show. She did reach out to me earlier this week, but we have these with the guests. Sometimes they call in late. So um until she calls in, I, I definitely want to spend time with you guys and, and thank you for those of you who've been with us. We're we're we've been on the air now almost eleven years. And I'm telling you when you do something, at first it, it might seem like it'll never happen. Although I never had any aspirations to really host my own radio show. I stumbled upon it. And but you might think something will never happen, then it happens, and then before you know it, you're like, Wow, ten years or five years, ten years, fifteen, twenty years, that time gets by so, so quickly. But I want to thank you for being here with us for over 10 years to our loyal listeners and to those of you who are tuning in for the first time. I'd like to introduce myself to you so you know who's who's hosting today's show. I'm Denise Turney, and I've authored several books, which is how I got started in radio. I was actually seeking a radio interview on another station uh, for my first book that came out, Portia, and the, the the station owner said, why don't you just start your own show and you can start it right here on our station. And that's how I got started in radio. It, it wasn't something I set out to do. I was just trying to schedule an interview to discuss Portia. But other books I've written are Portia, Spiral, Love Has Many Faces, uh, Rosetta's uh, Rosetta's Great Adventure. I've also, uh, these are books that I've written and published. I've written other books that I haven't yet published. My latest book out right now is uh, Love Pour Over Me. And what's in Love Pour Over Me, uh, it's about a a, a guy, he's, from, he's a native of, of Ohio, and he's a athletic standout and an academic standout. And he's raised by his father. He's an only child. His father struggles with alcoholism. They have a complicated relationship and you'll learn more as you read the book and early on in the story why his mother isn't there. And he goes away to college and it's how he leaves college. It really impacts uh, his father. And you wouldn't think it would impact his father the way it does uh, because of their relationship. But again, 
when the unexpected happens, something surfaced that we didn't know was there, and even some things like love that we didn't know was hidden behind a, a, a lot of uh, ugliness. But he goes to college and he meets a woman by the name of Brenda, and she's from Tennessee, and he knows right away that she is the one for him. But they seem to be different. Uh, but yet you'll see, are they really that different, or are they more similar? Her family would compared to his, you would say is better, a lot, a lot classier, a lot better than his family. And that's something that he struggles with uh, about approaching her. But you can get love poem. You're gonna get you get mystery. There's a murder mystery in the book as well. And it it happens early on in the story. Uh, murder, oh, there's a murder mystery. There's definitely romance. I gave you a sort of an interlude to Raymond is the main, male main character. And Brenda, their relationship and how that evolves. And you're just going to get this. And the friendships, there are these four friendships between these four guys who meet at college, Raymond being one of them, that will really appreciate their friendships. But they each have things going on with them. One of them's a, a football uh, star. And you'll just see they, they come from different countries. You'll see different things about them that impact each other some things they almost get thrust into uh, so that also on in love pour over me you can read free excerpts at from love pour over me at my website which is chistel c-h-i-s-t-e-l-l.com again that's c-h-i-s-t-e-l-l.com and you can get it pretty much anywhere it's an ebook format and print you can. It's at Amazon.com. It's at Barnes and Noble. It's at eBookit.com. It's at Walmart. If you don't see it on the shelves, just ask the clerk for it. The same if you go to the library because it's carried by the the largest book distributors in the world, and that's how uh, book publishing companies. That's how they get their books out to the stores. What is the who? What's the scale of the distributor that they're working with? So, uh, Portia Love has many faces. Spiral, I love Pour Over Me. They're all carried by some of the largest book distributors in the world, so they can get them out to bookstores and libraries pretty much anywhere. I'm still waiting for our guests to dial in, and and I, I like to be open and flexible and patient. I do, but I have found that most of the guests on the show, and I know this this is a blessing, they come out to me. And they say, can I be on your show? Uh, yes, yes, I like to support people. But then please dial in on time. Please dial in on time. Uh, because I don't like to keep you, the guests, waiting. So let me go back out um, and let them know we're waiting for our special guest. Sending her a message. If she doesn't show, I will probably have a shortened, uh, abbreviated show today. And I don't like silence on the radio. (laughs) I keep talking to you. Um...
message. Hopefully she will be joining soon. But what I've learned is that things come up in people's lives. But I like to give my off-the-shelf listeners the best, 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 which is why I like people to, to dial in on time. But I've had things happen, for example, where um, a guest, one guest had dialed in late. And I'm always be open, be flexible, be patient, because she said she had a flat tire. She was driving somewhere on the interstate. She had a flat tire. And I said, I'm just going to be patient, and I'll have to fill the show with other things until she's able to dial in, if she's able to to connect. And she was, and it was a great show, but she was about maybe five or ten minutes late. People have different things that come up uh, when it shows. But I want to I want to stress something to our listeners, because we get a lot of listeners here off the shelf, shelf who have written books themselves who are looking for ways to market and promote their books. And I can want to share some free tips with you while we're waiting for our guests to connect um, if you reach out, and, and I've said this before, a lot of times we get excited with the prospect of something, the prospect of a relationship, the prospect of getting married, the prospect of uh, getting a job, the prospect of getting a new new writing client, the prospect of being interviewed on a radio show. And then when it actually comes time to, to fulfilling that, to doing it, our our excitement drops off. You you find it in relationships all the time. Okay, you said you wanted this. Now you have it. Now you act like you don't want it. So that's one thing I would encourage you, a key to success, not just in marketing and promotion. Don't just be excited with the ideal of doing something, the ideal of getting a new job, the ideal of going into a new relationship, the ideal of getting a new car. Really make sure you want that so that you follow through and you put that same enthusiasm into it even while you're doing it, even while you're doing it. And an example, I'll tell you something I learned for myself is wanting more writing clients. I get more clients, they say, I have this project, can you get it to me in two, three days? And then feeling the stress of, oh my gosh, do I now my weekend's gone or whatever. If you say you want something, then you have to really, really want it. So when it's time to put your dig your feet in, you're excited. Next you're excited when it comes time because you really want what you say you want. So it tips then for marketing and, and promoting, getting the word out about your books, I will share that same information with you. Uh, and, and some things that I have found work for me, not stuff that I've just read and haven't tried, but that has have worked for me, press releases. If you do press releases, again, saying you want something, you have to be consistent. You have to be persistent and tenacious because I really find that that tenacity and that persistence is with yourself. There could be something within you that's pushing back, and you have to keep pushing and pushing till it moves out of the way, and then things may get easier. You may start to have more ideas, more insights, more aha moments. So with press releases, you don't send one and expect it to blow up everywhere, and that's sometimes what people want. They want this things to happen so suddenly. But I I know very few people who've gone on to tremendous success who didn't put in about 10 years. And I mean 10 years of nonstop focus. And I think the shortest I've heard is maybe seven. 
and that was Alicia Keys, nonstop. And then suddenly other people hear about the person. But seven years not being heard of as much in just seven years, and you don't do not anything else. It's just day in and day out. And you can get discouraged and get frustrated and think it's not going to happen. But So you, you need that tenacity, that persistence, that keep going, and to know that you really want what you say you want. If you send press releases, I recommend sending them regularly, and I'll tell you a reason why. The media, even though there's a lot of changes with editors and whatnot, like magazines and media, there's a lot of changes. Uh, People switch jobs a lot. But they will start to know your name, the name of your business. They'll recognize it. And if you do quality press releases and they get good feedback, if you host events and you do press releases on them that are connected to your books or your small business, when you send in other press releases, the likelihood of them running is would be better than if you just did it the first time or you only do it every now and then. And they're good. And make sure if you do when you do press releases that you go through a good uh, distribution service. Uh, I've had good. I've had effective. Uh, I found PR Web to be effective uh, for me, and there are others that are very effective. They push out to online medias and as well to print medias. I found them uh, to be effective. So that be consistent because you're building a reputation, you're building a name for yourself with everything you say and everything you do. Make sure that as you market and promote, you don't overpromise. So people think you say things and it sounds flashy and good, but then you don't deliver it. So when you say you're going to do something, make sure you do it. Value your client. Value your customer. Value the person, people in the media you work with. Value readers and respect people. Respect people. No one's smarter than anybody else. It just respect. Want to want to serve. Want to like gift people with things, uh, which is why I like to present a quality show here at Off the Shelf. And I like to be open and flexible, whatever happens. <laughs> I hope I've set an example on Off the Shelf Radio over 11, almost 11 years with being open and flexible and patient. I hope I hope I've done that. Uh, but so those that press releases is a good way to get out marketing. Also, if you have a blog, and I, I recommend that you you download a, uh, a SEO plugin. So if you if you work like with WordPress, WordPress already has quite a bit of SEO, but the tags that they don't, I'm told that they're they're kind of neutral. The search engines don't. I'm not gonna say they're in love with them and they don't like them. It's sort of neutral. So I recommend downloading an SEO plug plugin. If you use like WordPress, that's the CMS platform that I use and that I'm familiar with. I've used a few others, but WordPress the most. Um, because you'll see different fields like your meta descriptions and your keywords, and it'll it'll count how many times your keywords used in your article. Is it in your title? You want it to at the front of your title. Is it in your URL? Those things will help you with, with the search engines. So if you for that again another online marketing. Don't just uh, write the blogs, but also use a SEO plugin so it can measure and make sure that your 
your SEO, you're optimizing your content uh, well. So that's the second one, press releases, SEO plugins, uh, if you use a blog, pushing out web content. And then also maybe working with a tech company that can push the content out, out. And I'm not talking about they're using bots to make it look like you've got a lot of traffic that's not real traffic, but that they can push it out and you can get even more exposure. That's another. But make sure you work with a reputable company. Make sure you work with a reputable company because a lot of tech companies, they can tell you you got all these visitors, but they were bots. They weren't They weren't real live people. So you, you want to make sure you're getting getting that. Uh, even And if you use a, a, a social media content like scheduling, like Hootsuite is a good one, there are others, just make sure you go into your social media accounts yourself from time to time and answer questions, ask questions, so people know that you are really connected uh, to what you're doing. So that's another thing that I recommend. Uh, if you if you use you can save a lot of time with the scheduler, so you you know that you you have a robust amount of content going out. But uh, you want to go in there yourself so people know that there's a live person. I know on Facebook, it just as an insight, uh, and you might have noticed it as well. If you have like a a page for one of your books or your your business, you may have noticed that your fo- number of followers have gone down. Facebook and I would hope Twitter would do the same. They're they're pulling out inactive followers. So if somebody I don't know how what they consider inactive to be. It could be somebody who hasn't been on Facebook on any anything in like six months or maybe it's a year. I don't know what they're what they consider. I don't know what the guidelines for what they consider a an inactive uh, account to be, but there there are companies out there that they literally will tell you I can get you ten thousand, five thousand, whatever Facebook followers, YouTube uh, likes for a YouTube video, uh, Twitter followers, but these are not active accounts; they're inactive. And I and I don't know if the the social media networks are like we don't want to be involved in that, so they might be start weeding and pulling out inactive, and then telling them you're going to have to uh, re re uh, you're going to have to sign up again because you were inactive for over a year. You and if you stay inactive for six months or a year, you're going to become inactive again, and you'll have to sign up again just to keep the system. Because there are probably millions of inactive accounts that are being used by these companies who say, "I can get you thousands of followers or whatever," but they're inactive and they're or they're not quality followers, and maybe to keep their their businesses with high quality. Some of these networks are we're we're gonna we're gonna pull those accounts out, and it, and we we only want active legitimate accounts. We don't want inactive accounts. Saying we have, I don't know, fifty eighty million users, but twenty million of them aren't even active. So that's a that's another approach. I'm seeing Facebook. I don't know if Twitter is going to take that approach, but I think if Facebook if it makes some noise, might see Twitter and LinkedIn uh, do the same. Just just weeding that. So that's something else to remember. And one way to keep the numbers of active followers you have is to go on and really engage with your followers uh, to, to keep them engaged. 
So they stay active, so you don't start losing followers. Uh, who, who They're just not active on Facebook. So particularly if you invite somebody to a social media site. So, again, press releases. If you have a blog, and I recommend a blog because it's a way to push out active content and to connect the blog to your website because it's, again, a way to keep your content uh, fresh in the search engines. They just see that you keep coming up with fresh content. Uh, And post to your blog, just not just the press release, but your blog regularly. Uh, Some people recommend at least two to three days a week. But if you don't have the capacity or the bandwidth to do that, I would say at least no less than once a week. And you may find, as I have, there are certain days and times of the week when if you post and you start pushing your blog out to sites like Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, StumbleUpon, uh, Tumblr, uh, LinkedIn, when you start Google+, Plus, when you start pushing these out, you may find that you get more uh, people coming back to click on and read your content if you push it out. Some people might be the weekends because of the type of content. Some a Saturday or Sunday, a Monday or Tuesday. You can just try to see which I would I would try different days and find out for what type of content you get the most um feedback from because some days may you may not get as much if you publish it on certain days. I do know with email, there are certain days of the week that it's better to publish on. You'll get more opens for your email, whether you're sending coupons, newsletters, etc., than if you send it on other days of the week. So I also uh, recommend recommend that. I'm going to see now if our guest just connected. Just a moment. Hello, is this Michelle? Yes, it is. Hi, we've been on for about twenty. Yeah, 25. and I'm so apologize for that. I couldn't find. I couldn't. I just couldn't make it in on time. I'm so, so sorry. That's okay. That's okay. I was telling our guests uh, uh, almost eleven years on the on the air. We had one guest who her tire blew out on the highway. So I, I like to stay open and flexible and keep trying to get the and I try to keep the show going. We probably lost a lot of listeners, but uh mm-hmm. I was just giving them marketing and promotion tips. So I want to okay. now introduce our special guest. Your show will be in the archive so people can come back and listen to it and you can I'll promote it, you can promote it and I'll just let them know that hang in there with the show. The guest does she is she is in here, and she's going to give you a lot of great, wonderful information. Our special guest to our off the shelf listeners is Michelle Cutting. I hope I'm saying your name right. And yes. she is known uh-huh. she is known as the queen of plus size fiction. And we're going to ask her about that later during today's show. She is a Bronx. New York native. She has written for print and film. And as the founder of Big Body Publishing, Michelle, me, and Mrs. Jones, and Love and Happiness, she's also founded these organizations. We're so happy to have her. She's a writing and publishing dynamo here on Off the Shelf Radio. You can check Michelle Cutting Out. Learn more about her online at Michelle Cutting. And correct me if this is incorrect is m i c h e l l e c u i t t i n o dot com is that o on the end michelle yes it is o on the end uh, so again to our listeners michelle cutino dot com m i c h e l l e c u t t i n o dot com welcome to off the shelf michelle 
Thank you so much. Happy to be here. We're happy to have you happy to have you here with us. Being that we have uh an abbreviated show, but I do like to give our listeners some backstory on our guests so they can learn more about them. Can you tell us what life was like for you growing up in Bronx, New York? Well, it was really fun, you know, back in the days it's it was so much different than how it was how it is now, like, you know, our neighbors were family too. So, we grew up with our friends very, very close, you know, if you did something, you know, anybody else, else's parent was your parent too, so <laughs> you get in trouble mm-hmm. with everybody, you know. It was more like the, um, a, a little family union, you know, in, in the Bronx as opposed to how it is now where you don't even really know your neighbors, you know, the, the children don't know each other that well, you know, the parents aren't in children's lives or the, the, the lives of their friends as much as it was before. But growing up in the Bronx, it was just, like, really fun. It was a great learning experience, you know. Taught me a lot about um, confidence. Taught me a lot about, you know, getting past adversity. Just about everything. And just the importance of friendship, the importance of family. Okay. And, okay. And so I yeah. have, I have so many of our guests say the, say these things and the same i i it was different years ago it, it, your neighborhood was like a big big extended family years mm-hmm. ago versus now where people don't can live next door to each other for 10 years and don't even know each other's names when when and why did you start big body publishing um i started big body publishing a couple of years ago and the reason being is um i had wanted to self publish my books and I was looking to create a neat, an, uh, my own little groove in the publishing industry because I'm a big woman, and I got tired of seeing, you know, so many books where we are not represented. We're not represented mm-hmm. at all. And if we are, it's always like in a negative light or it's just, you know, a misrepresentation. So I never see, you know, a lot of the plus-size characters as the main characters or, you know, we just didn't have a voice. So my big body publishing imprint is just a company that's going to, you know, release books dedicated to the plus-size population. So we have plus-size characters in the book. Plus-size characters are always going to be the main character of the book. You know, the covers are always going to show plus-size characters. So that's what big body publishing is all about. It's just um, an imprint that is catered to the plus-size population and giving a voice to you know, plus-size population because we didn't have one before. Okay, okay. And so you've, you're doing something unique. You've got an opportunity to create, to really, really, if this takes off, to say, mm-hmm. and you're the first who did it. I remember when Chick Litter, Literature came out and people didn't think it was going to hang around and last. That's right. And it, it did. It did. So this is similar, and I hope that it, that does happen for you. Do you do, or do you have plans, do you now, or do you have plans to publish other writers' work? And if you do, can you let our off-the-shelf listeners who are writers know how they can contact you and to submit a manuscript? Okay. Well, right now, um, for this year, we will not be um, adding any new writers to our roster. We're still trying to get our marketing and our, <laughs> you know, our, mm-hmm. um, promotional information together and just to see which works from what doesn't. So probably by the middle or end of year 2016, we will be interested. But if someone wants to contact me, they surely can. 
Um, you can send me an email at michelle at bigbodypublishing.com, and it's Michelle with two L's, michelle at bigbodypublishing.com. You can find me on Facebook, you know, uh, it's Facebook backslash Michelle Catino. And, um, you know, just reach out, and we'll see what happens. And submission information is also on the website, which is uh, bigbodypublishing.com. Okay, okay. Now, before we get to love and happiness, I want to talk about me and Mrs. Jones. Is me and Mrs. Jones, is that your first book? Uh, uh, love and Happiness is actually the first book. Me and Mrs. Jones is um, an e-book series. Oh, it's an e-book series. Can you give us an mm-hmm. overview of the e-book series, Me and Mrs. Jones? Yes, Me and Mrs. Jones is my baby. What happened is um, I actually started out writing screenplays. And this particular screenplay, Me and Mrs. Jones, was optioned with Flavor Unit, Flavor Unit Films, which is Queen Latifah's company. And it was optioned through them twice, but, you know, the, the film never actually made it to fruition into um, production or anything like that. So I just loved the story so much, and I knew it was such a great story, so I decided to turn it into an e-book series. And that's how it, it you know, was born into <laughs> Okay. A, a, a novel, and the story is just like you know, for those who like movies or films that intertwine, you know, like the, the storylines go together, and it's like the characters all intertwine, like a movie like Crash or something to that effect. It's the same type of um, inter-office romance where there's two plus-size women who are both married and who are struggling to keep their situations together so it's um it's these two you know like i said plus size vixens who are struggling to keep their situations together and are looking to find love and they're Mm -hmm. different situations and so they wind up in these outside relationships and somehow those other relationships intertwine so it's like ah yeah. <laughs> okay. They're they're yeah they're they're mingling mixing with about the same people until they all you know it all ah. finds out and it all comes crashing down. So. Ah. Yeah. Why I was going to ask you why is Brenda? She's one of our main characters in the book mm-hmm. to our off the shelf listeners. Why is she willing to throw away ten years, ten years of marriage with John, just to have a fling? Yeah. Is she generally like is, this? Is she generally careless like this? <laughs> I don't even think it's careless. I think Brenda is just one of those who she's been in a relationship for 10 years, and instead of putting the passion back into her relationship and putting the spark back into her relationship and taking the time and the effort to grow that relationship, you know, and find out what's wrong, and even if it takes counseling, she's just not willing to do that. And somebody else came along who sparked her interest, and one thing led to another, and you know, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, like, Britta's a bad person. I just think she made a really bad decision. Yeah, what what is it about Kevin? Now, he, Brenda's not the only one who hooks up with him, but Stephanie and Kim mm-hmm. as well. What is it about him? And do these women know that he's with each of them? Do, are, are they aware of each other? And what is it about him that he, he's able to attract these women like this? Well, Kevin is... Very, very charismatic. <laughs> he's very, very nice looking. He's charming. Mm-hmm. And it's just his presence alone just gets him that type of response. 
and then when you get to get a chance to talk to him, you know, it's just love at first sight. And there's a lot of men out there who are like that. You know, they they walk into a room and they own it, and you mm. just feel their presence, and you're just like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, and that's who mm-hmm. Kevin is. And these women, at first, they don't know who he is because Kevin's keeping his real life a secret. Ah. So when it comes out who he is and what he's doing, you know, now they're stuck because they either fell in love or they started something with mm. someone that they can't have, but they didn't know they couldn't have him because he's actually walking around as if he's a single man. Oh, okay. Do they know, so they don't know about each other at the start. They think that they're the only woman in his life. Yes. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us, can you describe, now Brenda, you know, she she she's with, she has her husband, John, but she has a sling with Kevin. Can you describe some of the main characters in Me and Mrs. Jones? It's an ebook series. It's a it's a mm-hmm. it's a it's a series. So readers they want to connect with the characters to keep the scene. What's going to happen next? What are they going to do next? What are they going to do next? Can you introduce our listeners here off the shelf to some of the characters? Just describing them in more in depth. Uh, the characters who help make them want to keep reading Me and Mrs. Jones. Sure. Um, Again, we have Brenda Jones, and she's one of the main characters, and Brenda is an executive, and she is in a 10-year marriage with John, and she's in search of something spicier in her sex life than what she has with John. And it seems that she's been with John for so long, it's more now for financial stability than anything else. And like I said, instead of her trying to work on what she has with John and figure out why it's not working any longer for her, she takes it upon herself to have an inter-office affair with Kevin. And the, the situation just starts to spiral out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, John Baker is Brenda's husband, and he is also an executive. And his um, role in the book is somewhat of a mediator. <laughs> and oh, he loves his, yeah, he loves his wife. He'd do anything mm-hmm. for her. He's not understanding why she doesn't love him the way she used to love him and why she's not, you know, in the marriage the way she used to be in the marriage. And mm-hmm. so car trouble leads him to meet up with Kim Baker, and it just, it's love at first sight. You know, there's a chemistry. Wow. Uh-huh. And they become fast friends. And so Kim Baker is, I mean, Kim, <laughs> John Jones, I'm sorry. Kim Baker is Kevin's wife who plays the role of, you know, the hidden wife. Um, She knows that in order for Kevin to rise in his company, he needs to do so as a single man. So she's okay with him, you know, pretending not to have a wife for that reason, that reason alone, but she does not, you know, condone him going outside of their marriage for anything else. Okay. So, again, he is spending late nights at the office, you know, putting everything into work. And she, again, is wondering what's happening with her marriage. Why isn't he there for her the way he needs to be? And, again, car trouble lands her, you know, (laughs) in John Jones' sights. And, as I said, they two become fast friends, and things start to heat up a little bit from there. And the last of the characters is uh, Stephanie Brown, and she happens to be Brenda's secretary, and she uh, just started. 
the job. Mm-hmm. And as soon as she lays eyes on Kevin, she falls in love. Oh, boy. <laughs> she decides that he's the one for her. And she feels like there's something going on with him and Brenda, but, you know, she doesn't pay any attention because she knows Brenda's a married woman. So she doesn't feel oh. like she's, com- you know, she's competition or anything like that. So now Stephanie heavily pursues Kevin, and, you know, things get a little sticky. <laughs> wow. Is there, yeah. is there a you, – you've got a lot going on in me and Mrs. Jones. Is mm-hmm. there a single me- – obviously, is there a single message by the time they finish reading me and Mrs. Jones that you want readers to take away from the book? Yeah, I just want them to take away that, you know, be careful what you ask for. A lot of people mm. – think that there's, you know, something better out there sometimes, you know, or the grass is greener on the other side. And honestly, many times what you have is the best thing for you. And while you're out there searching for something else, you're letting the best thing in your world go. And what Mm. you take for granted, someone else is going to snatch up and make that their prized possession. Mm, Very interesting. That's a good message. Yeah, and I hope the characters, at least one of them, gets it. What? What? Oh, they get it. (laughs) Oh, they do. Oh, okay. Okay. What have readers been saying so far about me and Mrs. Jones? Um, so far I've gotten some really great reviews. You know, between four stars and five stars, and it's always you know the storyline is really great, and you know the characters and everything like that, and they can't wait to part two or part three, etc. You know, because it's it's really a fun-filled, action-packed. Story within those few pages, you'd say, "Okay, I'm gonna read a couple of pages." No, you can't stop reading because it's just that engrossing, and you just want to know what happened, <laughs> what happened. So, a lot of people have been coming back to me like, "Girl, when is part two coming out? Girl, when is part three coming out?" Uh-huh. So, you know, part one is out, part two is out, and part three should be out within another uh, two months. Oh, and that'll be on, right. yeah, the end of the the series. But I've gotten some really great reviews. That's good. Now, on to love and happiness. Now, this is your first one. Is there an event from your personal life that sparked the ideal to write love and happiness? Um, love and happiness is actually years old. I, I, I was writing for a long time, a long time ago, and I just, something, somebody stole my joy, honestly, and uh. I stopped writing. And mm. a few years ago, my seven-year-old niece passed away unexpectedly. Oh. And she was like a daughter to me. And mm. with her death, I had to take on the responsibilities of writing out her eulogy and her obituary, et cetera, et cetera, and getting everything together mm. for my sister. And, you know, it just, the, my love of writing rekindled. I don't know why. Why? Wow, yeah, I don't know what sparked it, but it's just like I just said, you know what, I have to do something with this. And since then, I've been going full-fledged, and I look back into archives, and I picked back up Love and Happiness, and I made it relevant and, you know, changed some of the, you know, just not a, a house phone but to a cell phone and just like certain things that mm-hmm. changed over the years as far as technology is concerned. And, you know, just released and. It's the the story is still relevant because, you know, love doesn't change, happiness doesn't change, relationships don't really change over the years as you're going through the exact same things. The only thing that really changes is time, music, you know, technology and the things around you, but the story is still relevant mm-hmm. and this story is about twenty years old. Wow. 
Yeah. Wow. Can you can you give our listeners a synopsis? And thanks for sharing that. It would inspire you to write it. Can you give You're our welcome. listeners a synopsis of Love and Happiness? Sure. Love and Happiness centers around Roxanne Linden. And Roxanne Linden is the epitome of a great marketer. <laughs> she has the best marketing firm there is, and she's great at what she does in her professional life. However, everything in her personal life is falling apart. And right now she's like on a quest for love and happiness. She's engaged to Mark, and within her engagement, she just doesn't feel complete. She's not sure if that's what she wants to do. So, you know, she runs into old old friends and new friends and becomes a little confused. So in her quest for love and happiness, she has to choose between Mark, her stepsister, who came into her life at a young age and they grew very, very close. And one thing led to another and she became her first, you know, female <laughs> sexual experience. Okay. So mm-hmm. her stepsister is also her ex-lover and she's back in her life now. And so she's a little confused as to, you know, should she go that route? Should she stay with her fiancé? And then when her and her fiancé get into it one night, she goes out, you know, to clear her head to a bar that she never, you know, even knew existed. She was just driving, saw it, stopped, and within the bar she met the owner and was just smitten with him. And one thing led to another. And, she, you know, she wound up having an affair with him. And mm-hmm. now all of a sudden she's, you know, in love with him as well. So... You know, just thinking that she just did something random, come to find out that this man is actually someone from her fiancé's past, and they don't get along for a reason she doesn't know. Uh, Yeah, so she enlists her stepsister to help her figure out what their past is and also just to find out who she should go with. Like, you know, this is her quest for love and happiness, but honestly, with everything that's going on with all their lives, you know, if she's not careful on her quest, she or one of these people may lose their life. Wow. You know, something that I'm hearing come out in me and Mrs. Jones and love and happiness, and it's something that happens actually in in real life uh, with people. We sometimes let our emotions, We, like you said, how the women thought. So many different women can think, this guy is for me. He can't be for all of you. And everybody in mm-hmm. Or or a guy with a woman or vice versa, or somebody who's attracted to the person of the same gender. It it can't it, this this person can't be for like a a person who's famous for a hundred or a thousand people. I mean, it's just not even humanly possible. So, it's our emotions can get tricky, and a lot of attractions really come from things that happened in our childhoods, and it's an unconscious. Mm-hmm. Something that's connected to your own child. It don't even have anything to do with the person. It's something that they maybe remind you of from the past, and it's drawing up the stuff. And it can, if it's strong, you will get a strong feeling, and you'll swear this is right. Yes. <laughs> and you can go, like what you're saying, your characters do, they jump on that feeling. They're like, man, mm-hmm. they don't know that that feeling is tied to a past event. It has nothing to do Definitely. with this person at all. Mm-mm. And you go you go jump, right, and then you're like, oh, my God, what did I just do? Definitely. <laughs> it's like you just you mess up your whole thing just because you're going through something or, you know, at the moment you're feeling vulnerable. Yes. and. Like I said, you know, these people aren't bad people because this happens in real life every single day, and not everybody's a bad person. It's just that, you know, right. you're caught in situations, you're a little bit vulnerable, and you make a bad decision, and that bad decision is just like a domino effect on your life. Oh. 
And in your novels, you show the domino. A lot of times we don't see it. Yeah. And I'm sure your characters don't see it until they're it's near the late. end. And there's, no, and there's no turning back. There's no. That's right. You, you, you don't know that this person knows this person. And, I, and then mm-hmm. he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> Definitely, you know. And with um, Love and Happiness, you know, you, you actually see um, Roxanne going through everything, and you see her feelings, and you see everything unfolding, and you see her, like, second-guessing things and the reason why in her mind at the time <laughs> she's doing what she's doing, you know. Yes. And so you, you get to have that emotional breakdown with her. Wow. Wow, and you really get to know these characters. And hopefully mm-hmm. some readers, some readers, and we had another author on, and she was, the way she wrote her, her novels, hopefully some readers can can avoid some mistakes in their own future that could become, like you said, a life or death situation because you turn on the news yeah. and some people don't make it. Some people don't make That's it right. out of these situations. So hopefully it's it can maybe down. prevent somebody from going down a road where they, they don't make it out. Where, where do you get the ideals? For your, what are the ideals for your stories? Do you sit down and start brainstorming? How do you get the ideals for your novels? Um, honestly, they just come. You know, like I'm, I'm sitting, even when I'm just writing an article, because uh, I also do um, blogging. So even if I'm sitting down doing an article, I write for two different publications as well, you know, characters pop up, and they just start talking to me. And sometimes I ignore them, and some of them just can't be ignored. <laughs> Uh And that's just it. I have a very, very vivid imagination, and I've had this ever since I was a child. My mom said that, you know, I actually came out just basically writing. Like, (laughs) two years old, I'm scribbling on everything, you know, by three or four. When I got into class in school in first grade and second grade, you know, like, I could write some things. And when I got into grade school, it's like my stories were you know, I always won, like, for creative writing or my story always went up on the board or I always was the first to read my story in front of class, you know. So I've had this type of an imagination since since birth, and wow. it just keeps growing. So these characters don't leave me alone. Every day something new pops in my head or if I read something in the news, you know, it's like, well, ooh, what if something, something, something's happened, you know, instead of that. And that's just how it happens. Do you, are there and plans my, to write? I'll go ahead. I'm sorry, and a lot of story of my stories about love because you know I'm still in search of the real love, <laughs> okay. in search of the right love, and you uh-huh. know it's just like a, a lot of my real life experiences are within these pages too. So I'll put a little bit of me in these things too, you know, because okay. it's, we're, we're all confused and we all go through things and we all make some really bad choices, and you know just just to give readers a real reality check on some of the things that we can go through in normal life and, you know, the downfall, the pitfalls of, you know, going to the left and we should have went to the right. Yeah. Are there plans to write a sequel to Love and Happiness? I know you said you still use 20 years old. You went back uh-huh. 20 years ago. You went back. And do you have plans to to follow up with these characters and write a sequel? Honestly, at the end of it all, it, it like it ties itself up so well. And you can basically gather what's going to happen, you know, from the end. It's like no surprise. I didn't leave anything, you know, no cliffhangers, anything like that. So I don't really see myself going back to these characters because I think they've said everything they need to say in Love and Happiness. So I don't see Mm -hmm. it happening. The only way it would happen is if, you know, a lot of people said, listen, (laughs) I really want to know what happened with such and such and such and such, you know, even though you left it as this, 
mm-hmm. what happened after that? You know, did, did this survive? Did that survive? So that was probably the only way I'd go back. But as of now, no, I think that um, I tied up everything pretty nicely, and you actually know everyone's fate. Okay, okay. Now you've created the Big Body brand for our, for our entrepreneurs tuning in. Now there's mm-hmm. the Big Body blog, the Big Girl Panties, etc. Was mm-hmm. it always your intention to create a brand, to create these different products like the blog, etc.? Or did that mm-hmm. happen almost by accident? Did, was that always your intention or did it just kind of happen almost by accident? Um. A little bit of both. <laughs> it's like when I first started, you know, I've been a big girl all my life. My sister's been a big girl all her life. We we are just big women. My family is filled with big, beautiful women. And I remember at, at a young age, my sister and I were going through some things, and she was she was always bigger than me. And she used to get teased, and, you know, she used to feel a certain type of way. And I used to say to her, you know, like, you know, Mama – don't let these people upset you. You know, you are big and you are beautiful. And I said, you know, people don't know what you're going through inside and what your inner turmoil is. I said, people are going to take you for whatever you show them. So you mm-hmm. go out there with your head up high, confident, happy, you know, strong. I said, and people will take you as such and treat you as such. And this is when we like teenagers, even early teens, maybe preteens, <laughs> and I'm telling her these things. You know, mm-hmm. and ever since that conversation, she's done that, and she's become a whole different person, and it's something that I've been doing all my life. And so I said, you know, I'm a big girl. I'm a big woman now, and I'm just happy with me, and I don't want to be a size two. I really don't. I'm happy with my size. You know, are there some imperfections that I would like to correct or, or, or fix a little bit? Of course. You know, we all have that, whether we're big, whether we're small. Everyone mm-hmm. has something about them that they want to change. However, as far as my size is concerned, my actual physical makeup, no, I don't want to change that. I love my body frame. So okay. I wanted to get out there and tell everybody that, you know, we may be big, but some of us are happy this size. you know. We're, yeah. we're, mm-hmm. we're proud to be who we are, and we're good with it. And if all these years, if I'm not a size 2 by now, obviously I don't want to be a size 2 because there's so much I could have done to become that, you know. Right. So with the big body brand, it was just a thing of, you know, we're big, we're curvy, we're plus size, you know, some are on the on this edge of being obese, but whatever it is, embrace it. This is you. Don't let that size define you. You know, you are who you are. Make people see who you really are outside of your weight. And that's what this big brand is all about. And once I started one thing, everything else just fell into place, you know, the, okay. the advice with the blogs and the big girl panty show, you know, it was just, different areas and different arenas that I can use to get that message across that big and beautiful is here to stay, you know, and we're not going to be silent anymore. And you can Mm. see that with all of the the different news coverage about body policing and everything else that's happening nowadays, you know, we're here (laughs) and we're making some noise and Mm -hmm. we are coming out in droves and and entertainment and fashion. You're seeing so many more plus size women and, you know, plus size images and on TV and everything else. And it's like, we're no longer going to sit back and stay silent and let you tell us that a size 2 or a size 4 is the perfect body size. No, a size 12, a size 14, a size 16, a size 28, 32, whatever we are, perfect body size as well to each their own. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the average American woman, I think, is either a 12 or a 14 anyway. Yes, they are. I mean, that's the, 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 new, that's the average that's size of, yeah. Yes. Now, how, how has it helped your book sales 
to build this brand? How has that impacted or helped your book sales? I think it's impacted it because people were ready to read books with characters who look like them. Ah. You know, I've read so many books where the women are these fabulous model types with the long hair and the banging body and the small waist and the big breasts. And, you know, I have big breasts. I have a big butt. But I ha- also have a belly. <laughs> you know, I, I have a muffin top. I have the belly down below. I have all these things. So, you know, but I'm still sexy. I still put on my clothes. I still look good. You know, I still go out there and men try to talk to me and pick me up. So it's not just okay. because, you know, of what what's there. It's also so much more. You know, I have a beautiful personality. So within yes. five mm-hmm, or ten mm-hmm. minutes of sitting in the room with me, you're going to be intrigued. You're going to want to know more. You're going to gravitate towards me. So I just wanted to have my readers have something they can pick up and say, wow, I can really relate to this character and what she's going through, you know, the doubts that you go through, the insensitivity, insensitive um, things that you go through when people tell you certain things or, you know, they think that they know you. So I just wanted to bring all of that to light and just, like I said, bring a more realistic point of view to these books. And I think, like, readers are really, really loving it because they actually get to see them their actions, their reactions, their relationships, you know, on these pages, and they can actually relate. So it's been really a great, great response so far. Well, I hope you, I hope you, maybe you can partner up with some uh, a plus size model or somebody who has a, a lot, a big platform who mm-hmm. is a plus size and 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 tie 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 your books into it they get even more exposure uh, can you share three to five tips we just spoke about the brand and you you said your brand sort of have has happened organically and with some mm-hmm. intention can, go ahead no i didn't say anything oh can you share three to five tips that writers can take practical tips that uh they can take advantage of to help get more exposure for their books um, I'll say tip one is you have to be visible, you know, make yourself known within the, the industry, within writing circles, whether it's, um, articles, guest blogging, you know, your own page, your own, you know, uh, outlets, just make yourself visible, always be out there in sight and let your name become something that's like household. People start following you and attaching themselves to you because they see you all the time. Same thing with commercials. It's like a marketing thing. When you see something so much, you start following the brand or you'll just say, okay, you know what? I'm going to try it. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you stay visible. Um, two would be stay personable. You know, people don't buy products. People buy from emotions. So they buy from people that they trust, people that they know or they feel that they know, you know, um, people that spark something in them to say, okay, I'm going to try this. So don't always try to just sell your books. Sell yourself. You know, make Mm -hmm. people like you. Make people Mm -hmm. understand you. You know, make people realize that you're a person too and you go through a lot of things. You know, make yourself vulnerable sometimes and it helps. And I think that's what helped me a lot too because even like on Facebook, I have a lot of followers who I tell personal stories, uh, little subway stories that happen to me, you know, and I put a little comedic twist to it because there's always something happening on the New York City subways. <laughs> you know, I share the story. <laughs> yes. 
And, you know, I have so many people come like, oh, my God, I'm, I just I feel some type of way every day, and I make sure that I go to your page, and they say I may not, you know, like it or I may not say anything, but I'm looking at your page every single day for a smile or a laugh. If I'm feeling bad, even if you didn't post somebody's story, I'm, you know, rolling down through it to find one just to make me laugh because I know even if I read it a second time, it's going to have me cracking up and it's going to put me in a better mood. So, you know, make sure that you're, you're personable. People like to like people. <laughs> so make sure you're mm-hmm. likable. Um, okay. Third is make sure that you have something that you can actually stand behind. You know, it, it, mm. it's really bad to promote something, and when people get it, they're upset or they're not happy to have it. You know, like they feel like they've been had because you mm. sold them something that was subpar and just not up to their standards. So if you're writing a book, make sure you get proper editing. Make sure that you're putting your best foot forward. Even if there's one to two mistakes in it, make sure there's only one to two and it's not 500 of them. You know, just make sure that you're always putting your best foot forward so that when people do buy your buy your, your books or follow you, that they're getting the best for their money, you know. Okay. Because the last thing I, I you know, want to do is have somebody spend money to get something that's unedited, not put together, and I'm touting it like as if it's the best thing ever, you know. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Great, great advice. That's it. Where can off-the-shelf listeners get copies of your books? Uh, my books are on Amazon.com and also on BarnesandNoble.com. And there's also a link on both of my websites for the books. So the first website is the business website, which is Big Body Publishing, which is www.bigbodypublishing.com, and also my personal author website, which is michellecatino.com. And, again, it's M I C H E L L E. C U T T I N O dot com. So Michelle dot com. Okay. Now, if you're on any social networks, you know, you said you're on Facebook and you leave some stories about your subway experiences. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us how people can find you on Facebook and any other social networks that you're on? Sure, everything is branded. So on Facebook, I'm Michelle Catino. So again, it's www.facebook.com backslash Michelle Catino. On Twitter, I'm at Michelle Catino. Um, for Pinterest, I'm at Big Body Pub, and that's the publishing companies. And um, Twitter, I said that it's Michelle Catino. And Instagram again is at Big Body Pub. So Facebook and Twitter are Michelle Catino, and Twi- uh, Pinterest and Instagram is at Big Body Pub. P U B. Okay. We are delighted that we were able to connect with Michelle Catino, our very special off-the-shelf guest today. She is the queen of plus-size fiction, and as she just said, she has her business website. You can also check her out if you want to learn more about her books, Me and Mrs. Jones, and mm-hmm. Love and Happiness. Excuse me? No, I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's the founder of Big Body Publishing. So you can check her books out on michellecatino.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-C-U-T-T-I-N-O.com. If you just came in late, please go back, listen to the archives. Started the show with some marketing and promotion tips, and Michelle even gave us even more, and then we go into Michelle's feature interview. Please spread the word about today's show. You can tune in, check out the archives again if you didn't catch the early part of the show uh, right here at Off the Shelf and it will be up indefinitely. Thank you for being here with us. Please come back Thank next Saturday. Thank you so Saturday. much, Ronda. You're very welcome. Please come back next Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or New York City Time, and we'll bring you another fabulous guest. Please tell everybody.
Tune in to Off the Shelf Saturday mornings, 11 a.m., and please go out and support Michelle Cotino. Again, MichelleCotino.com. Her name is M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-C-U-T-T-I-N-O. Me and Mrs. Jones and love and happiness, Michelle Cotino. Remember, you're amazing. You're You're awesome. You're incredible. Go create a fabulous day for yourself. Bye for now. Michelle, shoot you an email.